Thank you for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. Our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and to discover the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today, recorded live inside the Wilson Performing Arts Auditorium at Platte County High School in Platte City, Missouri. Well, so we've been doing hard things for the last four weeks. This is the fifth week. This is the final week. And so if you are new and you're just getting into, the, uh, getting into our series, we have done four hard things. And the first one was we stepped out of our comfort zone. The next one was we raised the bar. We did things that go beyond what's expected or required of us as individuals, as followers of Jesus. We talked about the power of collaboration, like doing hard things that require you to do it with someone else. Too big for you to do alone. And life is just too big for us to do alone. And we need, we need one another. And then last week we looked at the hard things that are small but have a huge impact. They don't maybe come with an immediate payoff, but if you do them, you do it consistently, it produces big things. And this week, we're finishing up our series. We're talking about the fifth hard thing, and that is called taking a stand. How to do hard things that go against the crowd. That go against the crowd. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. The goal of these hard things is to be more like Jesus. It's Christ-likeness. It's it's um, so much bigger than just doing something. It's about becoming someone. Becoming more like Christ in your own life, in your own heart, in your own, no matter how old you are, if you're listening to this, this, this message, you can hear my voice. It's about becoming more like Jesus right where you're at. And doing these things hopefully help produce that character in you. In some ways, this morning you're already taking a stand. You're already going against the crowd. You came to church. We know it's true. The biggest percentage of people in our community, in the, in the world we live in, are not in church today. Right now, they're not in church. If you drive around your neighborhood, they're out picking up limbs in their yard, or they're mowing their yard, or they're, they're, they're sleeping. It's the only day they can sleep in. I've heard, I heard that so many times from people. Oh, it's my only day to sleep in, Brady. I was like, too bad. Get up anyway, you know. Come to church and then go home and take a nap. But we have gone against the crowd and saying, no, we're going to choose this today as an individual or as a family. Uh, I met a guy today, this morning, that's just here working. And he said, you know, I'm going to go to church. That's probably against the crowd of most people who come in the community that's not for, or that was foreign to them. And they say, well, I'll just stay in my hotel room and watch some TV or whatever. So we're going to look at some stories from Scripture. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. If you have your Bible with you. Hopefully, if you have a Bible app, maybe you can get signal enough to find it. But I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11. We'll spend some time right around that area this morning. But we're going to look at some stories of individuals through Scripture that did exactly that. They took a stand. They went against the crowd. Now, Adam, in the very beginning of the t- in time, didn't do the hard thing in the beginning he didn't stand up and go the other way. Instead, he went with the crowd. Now, it was a small crowd, granted. It was just a crowd of two. It was Eve and the serpent. 
And Adam went right along with them. And I'll just tell you, and maybe you've heard me say this before, that the passivity, the passivity of man at the, in the beginning has caused nothing but trouble all this time. And let me just, men, I just want you to hear me on this. When men are passive, when they don't lead their family, when they don't stand up and do the right thing and sometimes go against the crowd, bad things happen. And your family suffers for it. It's just the way that it is. And so, if anything, we're calling men to step up and to stand up and do the right thing, even if nobody else around you is doing it. Even if your wife doesn't want to do it. I'm not saying drag her kicking and screaming, but do follow Christ. And I promise you, you do that enough, she'll want to follow you wherever you're going. And since the day that Adam didn't stand up and, and Colin just went along with the crowd, we've been feeling the pressure to go with the crowd ever since. You know, the scripture says all of sin and all fall short of the glory of God. All seem to kind of be going this way. We talked about it last week in Ephesians where it says that we are by nature objects of wrath. We're all suffering from the same curse. We all like sheep have gone astray. And have you ever seen sheep? You get one to go, the rest will follow, right? You see it, I see it. My dad used to raise some sheep when we were younger and they weren't the smartest animals, but man, once, once one figured it out, man, they all figured it out. You just got to get out of the way. And we all, like sheep, have gone astray. I'll show this picture. Uh, see if you're familiar, if you're familiar with this. It's, a, it's an old Wendy's commercial. And do you know what they're doing in this commercial? Anybody, anybody familiar with this commercial? Do you remember this commercial? Maybe not. They're all running and they're all going and falling into this hole. All right? And then there's this guy with a red, like, Wendy's wig. And he's running with them. And they're all running. And he says, hey, something's not right here. This feels a little creepy. They're not thinking straight. Now, in the commercial, it's about they're all satisfied with hamburgers kept in a warmer. But I want fresh hamburgers. And so he turned around and he started going the other way. I was struck by that commercial a long time ago and it's never really left me that that's the way the world looks in some senses. We're all just running the same direction. And at some point someone has to stop and say, hey, something's not right here. Have you ever had that moment in your life? Something's not right. I had that moment. I was a young single dad at the time, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, something's not right here. I grew up in church, and I haven't been in church. What, why have I been going this direction this whole time? And I stopped, and I turned around, and I started going. And you know what happened when this man turned around and started going the other way? Other people were like, yeah, that's right. I want fresh burgers, too. And some people actually went with him while the rest of the people just kept going. Now, I saw the behind-the-scenes video of how they made this, and people were running and jumping onto a pad, but the computer obviously made it look like they were falling into an abyss, into this hole. Isn't it crazy that that's the way the world looks like sometimes? Like people just like, they all just, they get this idea in their head, and they just start going. They're not thinking straight. 
So here's a partial list of some biblical characters that chose not to follow the crowd. And they come out of Hebrews chapter 11. All right, So Hebrews chapter 11, take a look at it. It says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For by it our ancestors won God's approval. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that we, or so that what is seen was made through things that were not visible. And by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was approved as a righteous man because God approved his gifts. And even though he is dead, he still speaks through his faith. And then it goes on to say, by faith, Enoch was taken away and and so he did not experience death. He was not to be found because God took him away. For before he was taken away, he was approved as one who pleased God. Now without faith, it's impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And I think faith is obviously a crucial piece for us as we might have moments where we have to choose to say, you know what, this is just not right, this doesn't make sense. I've got to be going the other way. And even though I don't see the end result, I have to walk that way in faith and believe that what God has prepared for me is better than what was for me headed this direction. Does that make sense? All right, so just real quick, I'll, uh, I'm just going to we'll, we'll get back to the Scripture in just a minute. But look, there's some stories that come out of this passage of Scripture. Noah, for one. Talk about going against the rest of the world. <laughs> All of the people, I'm sure, were talking about Noah. Something is not right here. <laughs> this, is a, this, is a, this guy's a little creepy. He's building this huge boat. It hasn't rained. What is going on? He is not thinking straight. And he went against the crowd, right? And it not only saved his family, but it saved the rest of humanity. Abraham. God called Abraham to leave his place of comfort, the crowd, the place where he was at. He said, leave this place, go to a place you do not know of, and when you go there, I will bless you. I'll make a covenant with you that will last forever. Do you think Abraham and Noah both needed some great faith to listen and to obey? Absolutely. Moses but before we get to Moses, I want to talk about Moses' parents. Here's a family some, that was leading their family in faith. Moses' parents, by faith, hid him for three months, it says, because they saw that he was no ordinary child. That's what the Scripture says. And they were not afraid of the king's edict, of the king's uh, rule to say all children under a certain age must be thrown out. And so they hid their son. They weren't afraid. See, fear, a lot of times, conquers our faith. It just does. And I think it's fear that causes us to just get swept up with the crowd and go that direction, as opposed to saying, no, I must walk by faith, no matter what happens. And I say here, do not allow fear to keep you from being obedient to God, even if everyone else seems to be going the other way. 
Because the truth is, not everybody else is going the other way. But we believe that lie sometimes, like, everyone, like everyone's doing it kind of a thought, when we know that's not true. So let's look at Moses, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 27. When Moses had grown up, he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Because see, he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. He was, you know, rescued out of the, the river and taken in. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was, a look, he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. There it is again. He preserved or he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. He saw him who is invisible. Do you think Moses got a glimpse of Jesus? And he said, Jesus is better than anything else that I've been pursuing. Anything else better than Pharaoh could produce in his household. Jesus is better than that. See, that's worthy of an amen. I mean, isn't it? Isn't Jesus better? He's better. He, he promises. And he's shown himself to be faithful to us. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. Verse 31. Let me find it here. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace, and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. She went against the crowd in her own community, risked her own life to rescue these two spies that were in checking out the land. She didn't let fear keep her from walking by faith. And what more can I say? Time is too short for me to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Japheth, David, Samuel, and the prophets who by faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the raging of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, gained strength in weakness, became mighty in battle, put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Other people were tortured, not accepting release, so that they might gain a better resurrection. Others experienced mockings and scourgings, as well as bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They died by the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, afflicted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and on mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Man, talk about going against the crowd. Some pretty extreme examples. All of these were approved through their faith, but they didn't receive what was promised. They didn't get to see it, but they went ahead and lived it. Since God provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. What is the something better that God provided for us? It's Jesus. See, they didn't, they didn't get to see. They, didn't, they don't live on the backside of the resurrection like we do. They don't get to look back. And see what God has done, what, how, how he has produced life through the life of Jesus. They didn't get to see it. Now, they had heard about it. Maybe they had looked forward to it, but they didn't get to, 
to experience it. And I think there's almost a sense of um, responsibility on our part to continue to live by faith and not by fear so that we can all be made complete someday and see it and experience it with each other. Like it's, it's like our turn. Like the baton has been passed to us to keep following Jesus and not following the crowd. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like that's, that's what he's calling us to. So here's some other examples of people, obviously, who, who did not follow the crowd. And I wrote down in my notes, Jesus, duh. I mean, think about it. Jesus came to earth in an unusual way. Well, usual in some ways, but very unusual in others. Not the way a king you would think would come in to his kingdom. And Jesus walked in obedience. Jesus had faith, and he walked by obedience to the Father, right? And he did what the Father asked him to do. And because of it, he was put to death. Because of that, we can experience life through the resurrection. Here's, listen to what Hebrews 12 says. Therefore, since we also have such a large crowd of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that, he, that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, for the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And so Jesus is this perfect example of going against the crowd. For the joy set before him, he endured the greatest opposition, the cross, and conquered death on our behalf. I wrote the post-resurrection disciples went against the crowd. Now, before the resurrection, they weren't quite as bold. And they lived a little bit more by fear. But after the resurrection of Jesus, after they got to see Jesus with their eyes, they truly and totally left everything to follow him and gave up even their very life. They walked by faith. And not by fear. You know who else is in this hall of fame of faith? It's not listed here in Hebrews chapter 11. You and me. If you are a born again follower of Jesus Christ, you put your hope in Jesus, you are now in the hall of fame of faith. And you are called to follow him and not the crowd. First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 through 13 says this, Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war against your soul. Throw off everything that ensnares you, it says in Hebrews 12. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles, in some translations it says, live such a good life among the pagans, so that when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and glorify God on the day that he visits. When you are walking by faith, when you're going against the crowd, and I'm not saying being weird, 
okay, and obnoxious as a Christian, but you're just like, you know what, I'm walking out the truth, I'm doing the right thing, even though nobody else wants to do it, that's what I'm going to do. When people see that, they get affected by that. It has a positive effect on them. They might slander you at the time. They might not understand. They just do it because they don't understand. But at some point when life is not making sense to them and when they're struggling and maybe they have one of those, hey, uh, I'm headed the wrong direction kind of moments in their life, they might think, but there was this one guy at work that seemed to be so consistent. Like, though everybody else was using foul language, like he... He didn't beat us up about it. He just was different than we were. And the example that he set, even though maybe he didn't say a word, was so powerful that it just made me want to maybe just turn and walk the other way too. Do you hear what I'm saying? Like That's the effect that we have when we don't follow the crowd. Maybe it causes them to get to the place where they say, something's not right here. Maybe I'm not thinking straight. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14 through 15. Listen to what it says. It says, for we do not have an enduring city here. Like this world is not our home. It's not our home. I even got rebellious today that I wore my this is, you know, not of this world <laughs> shirt. Because we're not of this world. Like we're aliens and strangers, it says. We're only here for a moment. We're only passing through, right? How many of you have ever seen or heard about the Pilgrim's Progress? Have you ever heard about that book or that, that story? It's a powerful illustration. Like we're only passing through. Now while we're passing through, there's all kinds of things that try to distract us and Keep us off track. But it says, let us run with endurance the race that God lies out before us, keeping our eyes focused on who? Jesus. It says, for we do not have an enduring city here. Instead, we seek the one to come. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer up to God a sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips, and to confess his name. I think it's awesome to live a good example, to be a good example, but I think there's also times when we need to open our mouth and testify to the goodness of God and to who he is in our life and why we follow him. It's okay to say that. You might even be times where you have to take a risk, even at work, and say, you know what? Maybe this is not popular, it's not politically correct, but let me just tell you what works for me. And his name is Jesus. And this is how I follow him. I would invite you to do the same thing. It's worth it. By the way, do you know that repentance... Maybe you're familiar with this word. Repentance means to stop, turn, and go the other direction. Repentance is the first act for all of us to go against the crowd. Think about it. If we're all under this curse and we've all sinned, we're all going the same direction. The Bible says broad is the path that leads to destruction. And many are on it. Many. I've been on that path. 
And there was a lot of people there. It was a good crowd. It was a fun time. It was a great party. And the longer I stayed on that path, the lonelier I became. So I got to the place where there was nobody left. My crowd was gone. And I was left in my misery. But then I got up. I repented of my sin. I turned and started walking back towards Jesus. And you know what happened? The longer I stayed on that path and I started going with this different crowd, following a different path, the longer I stayed on it, the bigger my family became. And then John and Emily walked into my, our church here and walked into my life. And now they're a part of my family. And even though they're moving, they're still a part of my family. That's what happens when you turn and go the other way. <laughs> you begin to notice that there's a huge community of people who love me and want to come alongside and encourage me and help me. I want to, we're almost done. I want to share, I want to share some notes out of the bottom of my, uh, of my Bible. It, that passage I read to you out of uh, Hebrews 12 about, you know, Focusing on, keeping our eyes focused on Jesus, Jesus enduring the cross. Listen to what it says. The foot race of the Olympic Games is an illustration of the Christian life. We are directed to the spectators who throng the sides of the course. The former chapter gives us the names of many of these glorious bearers of righteousness, right? The ones that we, um, the ones that we see that have this testimony of walking by faith and following and going against the crowd. We saw that. Who all by faith achieved great wonders and so bore witness to the truth of God. Thousands upon thousands who have run this race before us and if they've attained their crowns, watch us from their heavenly seats. Do you guys, do you hear, isn't this exciting to think that there are these other, there's this crowd of people who have gone on before us, who are sitting in the stands now, cheering us on. And so if you ever get to the place where you think you're all alone, you realize that you're not. <laughs> that there's this crowd of people cheering you on as you run this race that he's marked out for you. Angels and principalities and powers and hosts redeemed by blood have gathered to observe the glorious spectacle of people agonizing for holiness and putting forth their utmost strength to copy the Lord Jesus Christ. That's you and me. That's what I said. Our desire is to be more like Christ. And here we are walking it out. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's hard. And it feels like, is it really worth it? The world is so exciting and there's so much to drag me away. And, and if you're like me, you've tasted of it and you realize it's not quite what you thought it was going to be. The race is worth running. This race for the great prize. If there's any spiritual life and gracious strength in us, let us put it forth today. For patriarchs, prophets, saints, martyrs, and apostles look down from heaven upon us. Let me say that again. This race is worth running. This race for the great prize. If there's any spiritual life and gracious strength in us, let us put it forth today. Are you inspired by that at all? I mean, seriously? 
I mean, are, are there any other things in life that we've put forth so much effort into and we've pursued so hard but yet have just come up empty when it comes to really truly satisfying us? I know that's true. So let us pray. The worship team's going to come. We're just going to finish our time together. So God, give us wisdom and courage this day to walk by faith and not by fear. Help us to say no in order to say yes to the better things that you're calling us to do. I pray for each individual here, especially those who are raising young families, just to to stop and say, God, what are we saying yes to that's not as good as saying yes to you? Sometimes the best thing we can do is just to say no. Though maybe the rest of the world around us is saying yes. We just say, no, not today. We're going to pursue you. Teach us to be kind, humble, gentle, and patient in all circumstances. Especially, Lord, when we don't really feel like doing it. Help us to put up with one another. Sometimes that's easier than other times. Some people are easier to put up with than others. You might be sitting next to that person right now. You might be that person right now. Help us to forgive one another even our enemies. That's going against the crowd. Help us to bless those that curse us so that it might impact them to seek you out, Lord, to know you. Help us to put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, which is the only way we can do these other things because of your love for us and our love for others. Father, may the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Remind us to be thankful for the blessings that you have given us today. And as we leave here, when we go out into the, this world where the rest of the crowd is, make us contagious so that others might turn around and follow us as we follow Jesus. Now, may whatever we do as we leave this place, in word or deed, I pray that we will do it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or need to talk to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.